0: This morning, I want to begin with the scripture, John chapter 1, two verses, verses 1 and 14. Again, we're talking today about Christ came with authority. Say that with me Christ came with authority. You know, the really, really cool thing about it is everything that He came with, everything. I mean, we could go on in this series forever because everything that Christ came with, He did not come to, with it simply to be stubborn with it, simply to be possessive with it. He came to deliver it. Everything that He was sent with, He came to deliver to you and me. He came not with empty hands... But he came with hands that were full. He came full of purpose, full of opportunity, full of understanding, full of life, full of whatever was necessary to help you and me to grow. And today I want to talk about that authority. And and when we think of authority in our mind, if we're not careful, we, we get it twisted. And the reason we do is because we've let the wrong people define what authority is for us. You know, in the in the kingdom of God, there's this word submission, or servant, or serving. Uh, any of these words, I could think of probably a half dozen very quickly. But let's use just those two words: submission or servant. Uh, and when we think of these words, if we're not careful, because of allowing other people to define what they are, they scare us. We don't like the word submission. Because we're thinking in our mind, I'm not submitting to anybody. We don't like the word authority um, because in our mind, authority feels oppressive. Um, We don't like the words, so many words, that in our mind other people have defined and, and we've accepted their definition. What we need to do is, especially when we're reading scripture and when we're learning and when we're diving into the kingdom of God, what we need to do is make sure that our definition of that word did not come from someone else other than the Father. Because if I want to move forward, it's really important that in this moment today, it's important that I understand what authority really is. Not authority that has been imposed upon me. Not not authority that others have taught me about. But I want to understand God's kind of authority, and we're going to do that today. I want to clear some of that up, and we're going to begin in John chapter 1, verse 1. Let's start there. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Everybody say, and the Word was God. Beautiful, beautiful statement. And the Word became flesh, and then dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Remember, when we read the, uh, read the definition last week, that was being gracious. That's part of that humanity uh, definition that applies to us. We, we have to be a people that are gracious. And he said, and we have seen Christ's glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of of grace and truth. The first thing I want to talk about today related to the authority that Christ came with is his indisputable authority. Now, it is true that from time to time in our lives in the natural, we have authority that has been granted to us on a temporary basis. Sometimes we fill in for somebody. Sometimes for instance, uh, the reason we have a vice president is in case the president, is incapable for short-term or long-term of carrying out his duties. So in that case, the presidential authority would be applied to the vice president. Even though it might be short-term, all the authority that the original had, the now replacement, possesses. And when that replacement possesses that authority that has been transferred to them from the primary the moment they take possession of that authority or receive, I think that's the right word, receive that authority, the moment that that happens, that authority is indisputable. This is true of Christ. We have to understand, again going back to John 1, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. The Word was with God. In the beginning, the Word was was with God because the Word was God. We're talking about Jesus Christ. And the Word, Christ, became flesh and dwelt among us. When the Father transferred His authority to the Son, when He said, I'm going to send you and I'm giving you all authority, that authority immediately became indisputable. The Word was God. The Word, Jesus Christ, had the authority of God. Everything that was in God now rests in Christ. He came with authority. You need to understand that today. Everything that was in God now rests in Christ. His authority is indisputable. This is important. It is important that His authority is indisputable or everything that He says and everything that He does would give us the right to question it. You need to to get what I'm telling you right now. If authority is not indisputable, everyone under that authority has the right to bring it into question. In other words, if Christ's authority being sent by the Father, if His authority is indisputable, and He comes into the earth and He stands before us, every single person, just like they did, would begin to question, you say you're the son of God, how do we know? We know that you're the son of Joseph. We saw you cutting wood. We saw you shaving table legs. I don't know that you are, I don't believe you are the son of God. If authority is indisputable, if it's not indisputable, every single person has room to doubt and has room to question it. But where authority is indisputable, the Father always puts in place a way to back up who that authority is and how indisputable that authority really is. Now, it's easy to say, "Well, that's Jesus." It's easy to say that his authority is indisputable. But what about me? I'm just I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I was just born on this earth, so that might not apply to me. What, what about me? Can I possess indisputable authority? You can when God gives it to you. When God gives you the authority over something, it becomes indisputable no matter who the doubters are. No matter who the naysayers are, you don't believe it. Let's read this and consider Numbers chapter sixteen. It says this: it "says Now Korah, the son of Izhar, son of Kohath, son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. All this is irrelevant, except for I just want you to focus on Kohar, Korah, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took men. That's a lot of people." And that's a lot of sons and a lot of daddies. And they rose up. These men, this is the important thing. Korah and these men rose up before Moses with a number of the people of Israel, 250 chiefs of the congregation chosen from the assembly. These were well-known men. They assembled themselves together against Moses. And they assembled themselves together against Aaron. And they said to them... You have gone too far. Now remember, if we back up and we go back a few chapters, another book, we get back a little ways, you find out, and we all know the story of of the exodus of Egypt when the father raised up Moses to bring the children of Israel out. He led them out of Egypt. They went into the wilderness. They had an opportunity to go into the promised land, but they didn't trust the moment that God gave them. They doubted His indisputable authority. So they, for two years, wandered, came into Canaan. They doubted his indisputable authority. And now for another 40 years, so 42 years total, they remained in the wilderness because they doubted indisputable authority. I want you to catch something that I'm trying to share with you this morning. So now Korah, Moses has led the children of Israel out. God has done amazing miracles in the life of of the Israelites to, in order to provide for them and to take care of them. And now Korah brings in 250 notable men, notable people who have influence in the church of Israel. They have influence in the church of Israel and they come to Moses and they come to Aaron and they begin to question Moses and Aaron and they say to them, you have gone too far. First of all, that's the wrong thing. Already they're off base because Moses was not Moses because Moses woke up and said, I want to be a deliverer. Moses became the deliverer of Israel because God in His indisputable authority didn't even give Moses a choice. Moses, you are the one, but I can't speak. But you're still the one, I'll just give you a voice. You need to hear me today. So they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron, and they said to them, you have gone too far for all in the congregation. Everybody's holy in the congregation, every one of them, and the Lord is among them too. So if God is among all of us, then why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? Why do you seem to make yourself more important? And I get this. I get this, I've, you know, people have said over the years, you know, I've been doing this for 33 years, I've been in ministry 33 years, and in that amount of time I've heard, you know, when people will say, what do you do, and I'll say I'm in full-time ministry, and then someone inevitably will say to me in response, I'm in full-time ministry too, because we're all in full-time ministry, well, we are, but the responsibilities are very, very different, and you've got to understand that. We are all in. So I get this. I get the questioning that these men were bringing to them in that that regard. They said, You have gone too far. Why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard it, he fell on his face. And he said to Korah and all his company Listen, his authority is indisputable. In the morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy. And will bring him near to him. Here's the crazy thing. Let me say, let me read the rest of it. The one whom he chooses, the one whom he chooses, he will bring near to him. Here's the crazy thing about this. See, before Korah tested the indisputable authority of God, he would have been considered holy. But the moment he brought into question the indisputable authority of God, holiness vacated Korah and those men that rose up. Sin set in. In the moment, sin, the moment they begin to question what God had put in place, at that moment, sin set in. And a man who was holy on Monday is no longer holy on Tuesday. And he says, Moses says to them, In the morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy. And will bring him near to him, the one whom he chooses, he will bring near to him. Let me wrap this up by saying, let me bring, tell you basically what happened. I'm going to give it to you in a nutshell. Basically what happened is when they gathered together and Moses said, Father, who is yours and who is holy and who have you chosen? And the father said, I chose you, set you and Aaron, set yourselves apart because I'm about to devour every single one of these. And he devoured Korah and his sons and he destroyed those 250 men, killed every single one of them. And he said, now you know. The question you ask is, who gave you the authority? Who put you in that seat? And Moses said, now you know. Because the earth opened up and sucked you in alive. And closed its mouth on you while you were alive. Now you know. See... The authority that Christ comes with, it is indisputable. And He did not come again, I'm backing up to say this, Christ, A.J., did not come with anything present in Him that He was not ready to share with you and me. Now that does not mean that because I am the visionary of the Rock of Central Florida that I get to stand up here and begin to, and get to ask the earth to open up and swallow up people who question my, my authority, whatever authority I have. But it does give me the right in my position to say, Father, You decide... You make it clear. You make it plain. I'm going to keep doing what you've called me to do. And this is how I exercise indisputable authority. You need to know this about you today. How do we receive from Christ that indisputable authority? You receive that because you recognize no matter where God placed you, what He's created you to be, when people come to you and they begin to question that authority, you do not have to fight Against them. You do not have to pick up arms. You do not have to post something on social media. You do not have to attack with your voice. You do not have to leave an ugly voicemail. You do not have to call all your friends and say they've lost their mind. You don't have to do this. All you have to do is exercise indisputable authority by saying, Father, I'm standing before you and I'm going to let you take care of the rest. The authority you placed in me is indisputable because you placed it in me. Whatever authority I have, I have because you gave it to me. I hope you got what I just said. Say this with me. Say, I have indisputable authority. Oh my goodness, that sounds so amazing. Put your hands on yourself and say, I. Put them on you tight. I. Have indisputable, have indisputable authority. authority. Oh man, yeah. Yeah. man! Oh, do it again, do it again, do it again. I love it. It's, it's sort of like it's, it's like the Lion King. Say it again, say it again. So put them on your. I, I have indisputable, have indisputable authority. authority. Oh no way. No wait, Stand up, Let's do it again. Stand up because you're getting it. Put your hands on yourself. Say I have indisputable authority. Because he said so. My authority is not on my own. It came from him. Oh, be seated now because I'm excited about everything else too. I have indisputable authority. I'm not who I am because the naysayers say that about me. I'm not who I am because Korah comes and questions my purpose and intent. I'm not who I am because he gathered a crowd that didn't believe in me. I am who I am because he said I am who I am. And that cannot be argued. you got to get it this morning. you got to get it this morning. Now... Sometimes the authority that gets questioned doesn't even come from outside. Sometimes it comes from inside. The Korah that visits you might not be the Korah that's your neighbor or your co-worker or your cousin or your aunt or your family. Korah might be you. (laughs) Suddenly you find yourself with a duplicit, with a... Multiple personalities. <laughs> Somebody said, don't, 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 don't agree, don't agree with that. <laughs> it's James talking now. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but Cora rises up and says, Hmm. Hmm. Do you really? You know, you, Holy Spirit puts something in you I'm, and you know it. Man, God's called me to do this. God's spoken to me to do this. gods I know he's given me the tools and the instruments and the knowledge and the wisdom to to build this, to start that, to incorporate this, to whatever it is. I know he's given me what it is. And suddenly something inside of you rises up and questions your indisputable authority. Questions it and says, you're not gifted to do that. You don't even know how to do that. You don't even know how to use a computer. But I know who does know how to use a computer. So when Cora is questioning your use, you say to Korah inside of you, you say to Korah, I know who does. And my authority is indisputable. I'm, I'm going to leave you with this on that. We've got to move along. You have indisputable authority. Own it. Own it. No. Yeah. Own it. You have indisputable authority. Exercise it. Exercise it. Mm. Okay. What about His imparted authority? I love that. I love that. Because he imparts his authority to you and me. I probably should have put this one first. But he imparts his authority to you and me. He says, I have come with gifts and I give them to you. Everything I've known of my Father I make known to you. It's my joy, it's my pleasure to make you aware of everything I'm aware of. It's my joy and my pleasure to introduce to you all that I'm introduced to. You know, there's a thing in the church world today, and we're going to get to it in just a moment. Well, maybe we'll, maybe we won't. But there's this thing in the church world. I remember I preached one time. Years ago, a long time ago, my wife and I were still evangelizing, and we were tra- it was 30 something. It was a long time ago, and we were in a church in Waco, Texas, and I was preaching a meeting there. And it was a good-sized church, and I'm preaching, and I'm and and it was it was a wonder. I thought it was a good day. That morning it was that morning was good, and then that night I get in there and I'm preaching, and I, and I begin to share the passage about the the man at the gate that was healed and 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 then peter's response and peter and james said silver and gold have i none but such as i have give i thee in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk and i was talking to them actually about authority and about the gifts that god gives and i said to the church and the pastor sitting on one it was strange actually the husband was on the pastor was on one side and his wife was on the other side and and i was walking across Back then, I I never stood on the platform. I always walked among the people, and and I said to them, I said, and and you know, you have power. God has given you power. And they said, and you know, they're looking at me, and they're just waiting, they're anticipating, you know, what kind of power. And I said, Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, what I have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, lame man, rise up and walk. And I said, everything that Peter, James, and John, everything those disciples possessed, so do you. If we don't, let's stop calling ourselves disciples. Can we do that? Can we stop embarrassing God? Everything that those men possess, so do we. And I said to these people, I said, everything that they had you possess, I said, so if there's a man in the gate and Holy Spirit comes to you and he gives you the word and he says, you lay your hands on that man and you declare to that man, I don't have silver and gold because that's not what you need. Even if I, if I had it, I wouldn't give it to you because that's not what you need. See, the church finds it easy. They'd rather give away money than give away healing. The church would rather give away food than give away provision and food and provision are not the same thing. You give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. He said, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have I give to you. I don't have silver and gold. I'm absent that today, but what I do have is going to enable you to rise up and walk. If I gave you silver and gold, what are you going to do? You're going to buy your next meal from the guy that's walking by with a camel and a cart. But if I lay my hands on you today, you're going to rise up and you're going to walk. And I said, that's what's missing in the church. And I said to them, I said... There has to be a moment when all of us recognize when the Father speaks to us, we also have that authority. We have the ability to lay hands on someone and say, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. And for those that say that God isn't healing today, they don't believe in God. They believe in a dead God, not a living God. And the best dead God, there isn't a best dead God. There's not a good choice. And immediately following, well, first of all, As soon as I said that, the pastor sitting over on this side, he stands up, and I I didn't get anything else out of my mouth. He stood up, and he said, do you believe that? I was shocked that he didn't, and I said, I do. No, I didn't say it like that. I said, yeah, I do. He said, you're telling me you believe that if you came across a man at a gate and he needed healing, that somehow God could empower you to heal that man? And I said, you don't? And he said, this meeting is over. Everybody got up. Half the church. He, he was gone. I, never spoke, I haven't spoken to him again since. The wife came up to me and said some things not worth remembering, and she left. And then the church people were coming up and saying we learn more today than we've ever learned before. You taught us something today. You taught us something about what it is to walk with Christ. I'm telling you, His authority is indisputable in you. And He imparts that authority in the same way Jesus went from this house to that house and down this street and down that street. He laid hands on the sick. He raised the dead. Whatever it was, He brought fish and loaves to the thousands. I'm telling you today... He brought that to you and me. Yes. Now we can, we can sit in doubt. We can back up and we can say, no, that was what Jesus did. We don't do that. Now you might not. You might not find yourself on the side of the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Gennesaret. You may not find yourself standing on a rock beside the sea and telling someone to get a coin out of a fish's mouth when you can't pay your taxes. You might not find yourself saying to somebody that you know, go and get a couple baskets, and let's take what fish and loaves we have and let's see if it multiplies. You might not find it that way, but you'll find it another way. And I'm gonna tell you, see, when he imparted, when when Christ imparted his authority to us that he came with, when he imputes that, and when he imparts that to you and me, when he brought that to us, you and I have a choice to make. We have a decision to make. Am I gonna receive that authority? So, while I might not be multiplying fishes and loaves, what might I multiply? What might I bring to the table? How might I meet the needs of those that are gathered around me? How might I uh, have an intervention for the people in my community? How might that happen today? Because I have authority, it has been imparted to me, and it is indisputable. No believer, no believer, no believer, no believer. No believer. No believer should ever walk into a situation and feel like I don't have an answer. No believer should ever exist in a minuscule, microscopic, unfathomable m- 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 moment and believe for a second I don't have an answer for this. No believer should ever be able to do that. Every believer, under every circumstance, under any circumstance, should understand, I represent Christ, the Son of the living God. And He has authority. And I have authority. He has an answer. Therefore, I have an answer. He imparted His authority to me. He imparted that to me. And wherever I go, I go with His authority. Think about the police department. Think about it today. You got these policemen that are riding around town. They're doing their thing and they carry a badge. See, with that badge, when they have that badge on and they show that badge, suddenly, when you see that badge, you understand the authority that comes with that badge. They take that badge off. They're just a you and me. They can't arrest you. They can't apprehend you. They better not chase you down the street. They could be arrested just like you. But they put that badge on. Suddenly, there's authority. I'm going to tell you, we're wearing a badge today. In fact, it's not just a badge, it's a banner. In fact, it's not just a banner, it's a life. Yeah. Christ imparted authority to you and me. He has imp- imparted authority to you and me in the same way. He said, silver and gold I do not have, but get yourself up off of your seat and begin to walk. Yeah. And you have authority and you, haven't, you are never, you are, say never. Yeah. never. Say it again. Never, you are never. Look at somebody beside you and say, you are never, you are never, you are never in a single moment that you do not possess the answer. Yeah. Because He has given you authority. Matthew 28, 18, I didn't even read this. says, Jesus came and He said to them, He said, all authority. Oh. <laughs> all authority. So God... Dad, what are you going to make me ruler of? I mean, what are you going to give me? I mean, how, you know, what do I get to rule over? And, of course, he never asked. Right. The person who's asking for it is likely not going to get it. The person who's trying to get away from it is likely the one that's going to receive it. Jesus came and he said to them, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He says, so now this is what I want you to do. I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. And I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I want you to know this. I am with you always. You will, I will always be your badge. I will always be your badge. I will always be your banner. I will always be the authority. When you come in my name, you come indisputed. Our exercise of authority. In Luke chapter 10, verse 19, it says, Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Ooh. Now, I understand it. people take this. If you go to Kentucky, they have a very different interpretation of this scripture. You know, they got snakes running around. They're picking up these diamondback rattlesnakes, and they're handling them, and they're just praying for the very best. Listen, if I have to pray real hard to handle it, the fact that there's something in me that says, before you pick that thing up, you better pray real hard, that lets me know right off the bat, Holy Spirit's telling me, just don't pick it up. Sometimes prayer is an indicator that you shouldn't be going there. The need to pray about it is an indicator. Maybe I shouldn't participate in that. About three of you heard that. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Over all. How much of it? How much of it? All the power of the enemy. How do I exercise this authority? And he said, nothing will hurt you. You have been given authority over the serpent and the scorpion in your life. You need to hear this. Authority is not authority if you don't exercise it. Authority is not authority if you don't exercise it. It's a good word. has a strong connotation. But it has no power if it is unexercised, James 4, verse 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Very familiar scripture. We all know this. And Well, let me back up for a second and talk about serpents and scorpions. This is not at all talking about serpents and scorpions. This is talking about anything that would represent something that could be deadly, something that could attack your purpose and your calling and, and what you are born to do. This is less about drinking things and, and handling things and more about how are you going to move through life? What Are you willing to exercise the authority that the father has imputed to you and then james 4 7 says submit yourselves therefore to god resist the devil and he will flee from you this is a scripture i mean just about every believer knows this they've memorized this everybody can say it and they and they use it a lot and they'll say this you know they come into a situation i resist you devil i i rebuke you devil 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 i rebuke you devil get thee behind me satan you know and there's there's this there you know there's a lot believers just do that they really do it But I'm going to tell you something today, and you need to hear what I'm about to tell you. Resisting the enemy without submitting to God is futile. Write that down, put it on a great big note, and stick it on your mirror so you see it every single morning. Resisting the enemy without submitting to God is absolutely futile. It is a waste of your breath and time. To say this, to say, I'm not going to exercise my authority as a believer. To say this, say, to, but try to exercise it without submitting to the one who gave you the authority. To say, I'm going to resist going there. I'm going to resist doing this. I'm going to resist participating in that, but not submit myself to the Father and come under the authority that He's actually given to me. It's futile. You're going to go there and you're going to do that thing that you don't want to do. You're going to be a part of those things you don't want to be a part of. Because submitting to God isn't saying, believe it or not, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to lay a deep revelation on you. Submitting to God isn't saying, I believe in God. <laughs> submitting to God does not correlate with, I'm a believer. Or I'm a Christian. Submitting to God, it's not even the same. The reason people can say every day, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, so this is the way I'm going to live my life. They're really wasting their time. Go ahead and live how you want to. Because if that's all you're saying, if it's all about what you're saying and not about what you're doing, you're missing the point. I'm a Christian, I believe in God, but I'm going to live like the devil. Well, live like the devil. Don't blame it on, don't embarrass the Christians. Because resisting the enemy and not submitting to God, it is futile. You're not going to resist an enemy if we are not submitted to him, if we have not received his authority, so that it can work in us, so that it can work its anointing in us. And we can begin to exercise that. What does it mean, I guess? Maybe I need to explain this. What does it mean to submit to God? It means to say, Father, what, how do you want me to live this life? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to position myself every day to grow in you. To learn. To hear. To be changed. I want you, I invite you to come and to make those things that are unknown, known. I invite you to clarify things in my life. I invite you to... Separate me, divorce me from those things that are in me that are contrary to you. That's right. I invite you today to come and, and to literally change my heart and let me see for the first time what I've been looking at forever. I invite you to come and and to literally change my life. I I want to honor you. I want to look like you. I want to live in this earth. I want to walk on this planet. And I want to be a demonstration of everything that you are today. I want to exercise the authority that you've given in me. I want to be positioned to do so. But I don't want to resist an enemy and not be submitted to you because it's a waste of my time and yours. And here's the cool thing. If I will submit to him, he'll take care of the enemy. See, (laughs) if I will submit to him, he will take care of the enemy. He gave us the tools that we need to exercise our authority and to submit to Him. He gave us Holy Spirit. It sounds creepy if you've never been in a church. You know, I remember when I got saved and I went into that Assembly of God church in Houston, Texas. And they were talking all these things and they seemed kind of spooky, you know, Holy Spirit. You know, when you hear Spirit, you think... What spirit? The Holy One. The Holy One. <laughs> well, when you're new in the kingdom and people are talking about Holy Spirit and you, you don't understand what that means, you literally come at it from that perspective, you know, spirit, that's kind of spooky, even if it is a holy thing. It's kind of spooky. But it isn't that way. What it is, is the Father, when he introduces us to Holy Spirit, he, he's really introducing us to himself through a conduit by which we can understand Him. Holy Spirit is, and I don't mean to minimize who Holy Spirit is, but I'm I'm going to use an analogy that will really make sense because we all love a good strawberry milkshake. Holy Spirit is the straw between the milkshake and your palate. As you begin to draw that strawberry, chocolate, whatever you want to, whatever your thing is, I don't care. As you begin to draw that milkshake up through that, through Holy Spirit, your palate begins to interpret what's in the glass. That's Holy Spirit. That's that part of God that helps us know Him, helps us understand the authority that He's actually imbued on to us. It helps me to lay hands, to wrap my mind around it, to, to begin to understand and how to walk in it, not how to walk cowardly before him. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a servant of Christ. I, I, I'm just, I, just I'm a, I love Jesus. And, you know, just every day I'm just doing my very best to get by. And, and I found out, by the way, what that song, what was the name of that song, Sam, by the way, I talked about last week? Weary Traveler by John Sincere, whatever it is. And I, I heard that thing on the radio and I thought, dude, get saved. When you know Jesus, when you know God, when you receive Him, you're going to find out you're not a weary traveler. Man, you are excited. You're passionate. Man, you get up in the morning and you're not thinking about just a few more weary days and then. You're thinking about, man, give me all the time you want to because I'm going to buy up every moment. Yeah. But when you come into that place, I probably shouldn't have dog the guy on live television, but we'll cut that out. But when you're... When you're moving along and, and you find and you, and you begin to realize and you begin to accept, you know, I'm not, I'm not just this weary traveler, but I'm a man with authority. He gave me authority and I have Holy Spirit and I have Scripture and I have His voice and I have people that I'm joined to. Do you know how important you are to one another in this room right now? No, 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 no. I'm going to ask you again. Do you have any idea how important you are to one another? No. No. I'm going to ask you again. Do you have any idea how important you are to one another? You are a gift from God to one another. Now, you might say, well, I don't know if I have as much to bring as that person. Or Bring what you have. And don't bring what you don't have. That's really a problem. When people try to bring what they don't have, it really confuses everything. But bring what you have. I'm going to pretend like I have this. No, don't pretend. Just bring what you have. You are a gift from God to one another to help one another walk in that authority to remind one another when someone is tripping over their moment and they need to be encouraged to stand when they can. It might be you that goes to them and says, You might be Holy Spirit to them. You might be the straw between the shake and the pallet at the moment. And you might have to say, stand when you can, baby. Stand when you can. You have authority. And if right now you're you're not able to exercise your authority, I have enough for both of us. I'm going to exercise some with you. And I'm going to wrap my arms around you and I'm going to pick you up. He said, exercise your... Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm to honor the... But in order to resist those things that are opposed to God, I better be submitted to Him. Because if I resist this thing and I'm not submitted to God, another thing's coming. But when I submit to Him, get this, when I submit to Him, I'm exercising my authority to know Him. When Jesus Christ came, He came to do what? To reconcile us back to the Father. When He came, He brought us authority. And when He brought that authority, He brought it so that we could exercise our right to be joined to the Father. Exercise your right to know God. Exercise your right to be submitted to Him today. Stand with me. Father, I'm thankful today for Your Word. I'm thankful for Your anointing. I'm thankful that You... Uh, bring to us understanding you change us you cause us to see musicians you can come and I'm thankful that by your word and by your spirit you are actually inact- activating in us again your your our, our vision you're activating again in us our hearing you're helping us to see and to understand and to know and to walk out your word and your purpose and not be confused about all the commotion that's going on around us but to be able to separate that that is not of you from that that is of you help us today to understand what our authority is we are authorized to be sons we are authorized to be daughters help us to lay hold of that in our hearts today and exercise those things and not allow the authority you put in us to ever come to to a place where it can be disputed you have given us indisputable authority to exercise and to know you. So today, Father, I thank you. I thank you for this people. I thank you for them, for the ears that have come to hear and for the eyes that have come to see. And I'm going to minister to those who will receive ministry today. And I ask, Holy Spirit, that in our ministry, as we minister to those who will come, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will cause them in every way to know who they are in you. Let any doubt, let all confusion be removed today. Be glorified. Be glorified today. Heal hearts. Heal hearts today. Restore a a fresh frame of mind into those who have lost sight of who they are in you. Today, Father, do what you do. Change lives for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.